Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is currently 5.34 a.m. East Coast time. It is Wednesday, November 20th, and we have a massive 11-game NBA slate to break down for you today. Before we get into that, welcome to the channel. If you're new here, my name is Sal Vetri, and I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. We have NFL content going out every single day over on the YouTube channel, as well as over on Patreon. NBA content like this one going out every single morning as well breaking down these NBA slates, and then my NBA player projections, my model, my interest pools, those are over on Patreon. If you're interested in any of those things, my exclusive content linked up down below, down below on Patreon for both the NFL and NBA. You get them both, you can get one or the other, does not matter. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me, but they should all be answered by clicking that link. Have a descriptive video over there explaining what Patreon is, as well as a lot of the packages over there. Also linked up down below in the description is my Twitter, at DFS. I urge you to follow there. Uh, Content updates are posted as well as just information and informative and helpful statistics uh, that I think are important to share with just the community as well as on Instagram where I share exclusive content only really just exclusive teasers and links and leaks to my exclusive content on Patreon. Um, a couple of days ago, I opened up the projections for free for an hour. So if you saw that, you were able to get in there. Uh, some things like that will only be shown on stories and posts on Instagram. So it in a sen- incentivizes you to follow me, which helps me. And then obviously, I help you by giving you some of that free stuff, as well as some nice Instagram posts and photos, right? So follow me on the social medias linked up down below, Sal Vetri DFS on Twitter and Sal Vetri on Instagram, as well as you can check out the Patreon exclusive content. Hit the subscribe button. Before we get into this video, I appreciate you all so, so much. You're going to hit 16,000 subscribers, hopefully by the end of this week. So I do appreciate the support and the subscribing there and on the podcast audio version if you hit the five star rate and review that helps to go the longest way i know that that's just something you probably hear me say a lot but if you are hearing me say it again and you do have not yet done that it just takes a couple of seconds hit the five stars and it really does go a long way for making this podcast um, grow a little bit and reach more people lastly fantasy draft they are going to um, they are sponsoring all these videos during november and they are revolutionizing the way that you play daily fantasy sports you can check out fantasy draft linked up down below over there you get rake free dfs instead of paying about 10 to 15 percent on average from sites like fantasy or FanDuel and DraftKings. you're going to pay about one percent to two percent at most depending on the subscription package you choose and really you could pay zero percent if you only play about a hundred dollars a month you're a small stakes player maybe you win something then you go up but you're saving a lot more money just take it as would you take a 10 to 12 to 15 percent interest loan on a car payment or whatever it might be, um, your mortgage, obviously, it's never going to get that high for a mortgage, but a car payment or a student loan, would you take a 10 to 15% interest rate? Or if you had the guy telling you that you can have a 1% to 2% rate, it seems like a better deal. Obviously, there's other upsides to DraftKings and FanDuel, the huge pl- prize pools, but a lot of it is just marketing-based. You have been seeing their name a ton, and they had a huge marketing campaign about five or six years ago that you saw everywhere on TV. And now, since they had such a good marketing campaign and overwhelming response to it, they can take more rake from people because people just don't notice it as much until now. So, that is just what Fantasy Draft is. Again, linked up down below, there's a link to it. I don't get paid from you clicking that link directly. Well, I guess maybe I do. I don't get paid from your your money going to them. Um, it's mainly just a tracking link, and they will give me sponsorships if, if more people go over. So if you have any interest, you can click that link. Reach out to me with any further questions. But let's get into this podcast episode and YouTube video. We'll start with a ton of injuries. We're going to go right through it, and we're going to get right to the early interest 
Uh, we'll look at the target often sheet slightly, but on a big slate, we have a lot to get through. Uh, so starting with San Antonio, Derek White is going to be out today with a foot injury. This is going to help Patty Mills secure the backup point guard minutes right behind DeJounte Murray, who should be in line for about a 24 to 26 minute game on his minutes limit still. In Orlando, Michael Carter-Williams, who's only been playing about single digits, six to nine minutes the last two games, uh, he's going to be out today with a hip injury. That kind of helps a guy like Markel Fultz, who's been seeing increased minutes ahead of, instead of getting his 24, so he's had 25 and 26 in the last two. Maybe he gets up to 28 today with no Michael Carter-Williams. Jonathan Isaac is questionable with an ankle that will help Evan Fournier's overall production that will help Al Farouk Aminu get into the starting lineup and see about 30 plus minutes um, for New York, Alfred Payton, once again, with the hamstring injury, will be out. He's going to miss at least 10 more days, they're saying, against Philadelphia today. Andrew Wiggins is questionable with an illness still against Utah. He's 7,600 on DraftKings, 13,800 on Fantasy Draft. Also, Minnesota has a ton of injuries. Josh Okoji is questionable with a knee injury. Jabaz Napier remains doubtful with a hamstring. And Jake Lehman is doubtful with a foot. The Jake Lehman injury is actually pretty big. He's been playing 25 to 28 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes a game this year. If he's out, you're going to get Robert Covington, who's been playing right around 30 minutes a game so far this season and been starting. He's just going to have to see in increased run when you have a small forward and power forward and Jake Lehman not able to play a huge chunk of minutes. I think you get Robert Covington securely in there, barring foul trouble or injury, to about 32 plus minutes. If indeed Lehman, who is doubtful, does miss. Now it's a tough matchup against Utah, but not nearly as tough as a matchup as it really has seen in the future and probably a tougher matchup for Towns. And although he's able to handle Gobert in his career and he did literally the last time these guys played, the last time they, they, um, Minnesota even played a game, not even just the last time they matched up, was this Utah team. But Covington should have a better and more um, secure minutes floor there. Uh, you also see just obviously increased run for if there's no Napier, if there's no Wiggins, more usage and run for Jeff Teague, who scored 43 points last time he played Utah two nights ago. Uh, his price point is now up. So all those guys will see a nice benefactory benefactor. And you'll also get probably Jared Culver also continues to start, receives big minutes if Napier and Okoji remain out. Next up is Miami. Justice Runzo continues to be out with a concussion, nursing that concussion. Derek Jones Jr. continues to be out with a hip. We've had Kendrick Nunn play 37-plus minutes in the last three games. One of those games is because Tyler Hero missed. One of those games is because Goran Dragic missed. But the other one, he just played that much minutes. So with the fact that there's no Justice Winzo and you still have a suspended Deion Waiters for eating what, um, I think he was eating like pop brownies or he was eating gummy bears or something that had weed in them. I don't know what it was, but got suspended for detrimental to the team. I think he's actually about to be off that suspension, but either way, you're going to get big minutes out of Kendrick Nunn. His price point is up, though. Even if he sees 35-plus minutes, his usage rate is okay. Assist percentage is just not there since he plays on the floor a lot with Bam, who's a very good passing center, and he plays on a lot on the floor with Jimmy Butler, who's going to take up a ton of usage. Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers is questionable with a knee injury. They're just going to milk this injury as long as they can. I mean, obviously he had surgery on this knee, and it's just maybe it's a bigger issue than we're getting told. But uh, they're probably going to just they, they want him to rest as many games as possible. Ten to twelve coming into this year was the minimum of the goal. Uh, Fifteen to twenty would be ideal for them. So the fact that he's already sat out like five games, why not just keep it going? While you have some sort of uh, ailment, uh, just exploit it as much as you can. So he's questionable with a knee. You have Landry Shamit, who uh, missed Monday, was questionable Monday. He's been out for a while now with this injury, his ankle injury. He's actually going to be questionable for this one. Probably leans more towards doubtful. For Detroit, just Tony Snell is going to be out with a hip injury. Uh, Snell's been playing big minutes, but those minutes are probably likely to come down now with Blake Griffin back. Anyways, for Dallas, Seth Curry is questionable with an illness. Going to Cleveland, a couple injuries here, some big ones. Uh, it's all with their, their their big. So you have Larry Dance Jr., questionable with a thumb injury. You have Tristan Thompson already out for rest. And then Kevin Love says he's going to play, probably with a back injury. Love's only 7,400 in a brutal matchup, and we'll talk about it against Miami. But no Tristan Thompson. Rebound rate's only going to go up already 32.6% this season for Love. It's just going to get higher. And if there's no Larry Nance, well, there's nobody else to play. <laughs> 
alongside um, Love. And if Larry Nance does actually suit up with this thumb injury at $4,300, going to play power forward and likely to see, since there's no Tristan Thompson, 32-plus minutes, then, yeah, Larry Nance becomes a really nice play. In Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving's going to miss again. And with no Karis LeVert and Irving, this is the Spencer Dinwiddie show. He has a 41% um, assist percentage and 38.6% usage rate with no LeVert and Kyrie this year in 125 minutes of play. He is the only thing on this Brooklyn team. Um, once he was out, they went on a huge, um, they just, they got blown out once he came out of the game multiple times in the last one. He is the only thing on this team that can actually create and score. He is once again, probably one of the better plays in the slate, although he's not priced up to 7,200. Atlanta Jabari Parker's questionable with the shoulder. Evan Turner is questionable with this Achilles injury. And you get Vince Carter back, um, probably from a personal issue. And then Kevin Herter is out with his shoulder, expected to miss about five more weeks. Um, Jabari's injury is interesting. If he misses, I mean, you have Vince Carter back. Carter might have to play like just 25, 26 minutes out of necessity because they just have no power forwards on this team right now. They have no depth. Obviously, John Collins still suspended for, what, another 18, 19 games. So no depth on this team right now is a big concern if Jabari doesn't suit up. Um, against, obviously, Giannis and Brook Lopez, it's not great for whoever does suit up. Um, but it's going to be more depth at power forward. They already have no depth at center. Alex Lennon and Damian Jones. Damian Jones, in my opinion, is not a NBA rotational player. This this team in Atlanta has really no good rotational player. DeAndre Hunter shouldn't be in the league. Cam Reddish probably shouldn't be in an NBA rotation. And you might be saying, oh, these guys are young. Give them a chance. No, these guys are literally G League players that are in an NBA rotation because this Atlanta roster is Trey Young. It is John Collins, who is obviously suspended. And then it is nobody at all. They did nothing this offseason to improve their roster. If anything, they made it a lot worse. Obviously, dealing with some injuries to Kevin Herter is not great, but even them. Is he saving your team? Probably not. On to the target off and sheet. If you're still listening, please do hit that five star rate and review on the podcast and do hit the subscribe button. It helps a lot. So we have a ton of teams here. Obviously, I'm going to be breaking down the slate also at 9.30 a.m. East Coast time. Got up a little bit earlier today, around 2.45 in the morning. Uh, East Coast time just to start to break down the slate for the Awesome stream uh, at 9.30 a.m. Hour and a half breakdown with Josh Engelman. We'll break it all down more in depth. Hopefully, we have some more of these Vegas totals by then. Still waiting on three of them, Miami and Cleveland, Minnesota and Utah, and the Clippers in Boston. Obviously, some injuries in those games that uh, the clear ones in Cleveland were waiting on Miami some and then the Clippers are probably waiting a little bit more on Kawhi before they release anything see if they get any more news there in Vegas but yeah I mean the one that stands out the most is this Washington versus San Antonio game San Antonio's defense has been poor this year obviously Washington's has not been great either but these are two of the worst defensive teams and it's showing with a 239.5 implied total today 118.75 for Washington the two-point favorites of the Spurs with a 120.75 team total this is insane it's not the highest total on the slate, though, as Milwaukee is a 121.75, is 11-point favorites over the Atlanta Hawks today. But, man, this is insane. You get a huge team total, but it's really tough to get to San Antonio today. I mean, they're top 30 players that you would want to target. DeMar DeRozan is extremely priced up in the 8K range because he came off of one good game um, where he shot 14 of 20, the most shot attempts he's had all year, the most he's made, 14 of 20, shot 70%. He scores 40-something uh, fantasy points, and now he's priced up to 8K. You have Marcus Aldridge, who had one good game two games ago, and he scored 57, or 57, I believe, in a game where, 54 maybe, in a game where DeJounte Murray rested, and he's now priced up to 7,700, although the far majority of his performances has ended, have ended in the range of about 32 to 35 fantasy points. So he's kind of priced up for the spot, although a really good matchup for Aldridge. He is slightly interesting, but how do I prioritize him at 77? 700 really good rebounding matchup has all the potential in the world to go for another 40 to 50 point game tonight but he also has probably a greater uh, advantage of not scoring 40 and at that price tag i need 40 plus in the tournament to win i need 50 plus probably to win uh, Dejounte murray uh, more times than not Dejounte murray's probably gonna play around 24 minutes he has not seen that he, he's been playing low minutes as of late but the last four to five games that he's played less than 24 minutes he's actually been in foul trouble uh, one of those games i was looking at it, it was it was difficult to kind of see what was going on 
he played 19 minutes and I think he was just checking in and out and Derek White played a little bit more than him three games ago because he was just playing poorly missing shots had three turnovers in the first half so I think that was just a little bit of pop just benching the kid instead of giving him his 24 25 minutes or night uh, of run that night he just wasn't playing well so you only gave him 19 so you're still going to just get 24 minutes out of him or so but that's also going to impact the upside of the Rosen and Aldridge who are now priced up to season high prices on these guys it's just really or no, near month high prices at least it's just really tough to get to them so San Antonio just looks like a team that, although they have a, the second highest team total on the slate and the highest total game on the slate, it's really difficult to um, kind of manage them and get to them. Rudy Gay at 4,900 is just a very mad play. Trey Lyles at 3,500, if he starts at the four on a huge 11-game slate, is that really that much value? I mean, he could score you 20 fantasy points, but he could also score you 16. And on a huge slate like this, I think we can find value probably elsewhere based on some injury news that we're waiting on. It's just really tough to like this. Patty Mills with no Derek White will be the backup point guard. Probably see about 25 minutes right behind Deshante Murray, anywhere between really 24 and 26, depending on how many minutes Murray plays. He'll get all the direct backup minutes. That's not that great at $4,000. So, yeah, I find it really hard to um, like anything from San Antonio. I guess the best thing would be LaMarcus Aldridge because of the rebounding matchup, but I think he's probably like five to $700 too expensive. On the Washington side, um, it's similar things. You have a really good Bradley Beal. Obviously, the usage rate's close to like 35 40% right now. So he's going to be fantastic. He's just shooting lights out from um, really the entire mid-range. Like he's not driving. He's not finishing from three. So he's shooting lights out from the mid-range. And that's just his game. And most players don't survive on that. But this guy's just an incredible mid-range jump shot. So he is surviving on that. But look, he's a, a two-point underdog with a huge team total at 9,500. He's definitely in play. But I want to prioritize some of the higher spent, higher price guys like um, on this slate, at least, uh, Giannis, I think in the similar price range, I like Carl Anthony Towns more, but I, I think Beal's okay. If he's low-owned, he's nice to get to, but he's not a priority for me. Thomas Bryant at 6,200 would be the priority. It's definitely a tough matchup down low against San Antonio, but he's 6,200. The biggest problem with Thomas Bryant is not that he can't rebound. It's not that he can't score. It's that he can't stay out of foul trouble half these games. He's sort of like Jaron Jackson Jr. mini over the last month of the season. He's been in foul trouble in about three or four of the last five games. That's an issue. But at $6,200 for a center who's going to play if he stays out of foul trouble, probably 32 to closer to 34 minutes, it's a nice spot for Thomas Bryant. A guy who does see decent usage around 19% for a big is really nice. He does see in the decent assist percentage around 12%, 11.5, which is pretty nice. And then he does rebound, of course. So Thomas Bryant has all the upside in the world if he can just stay out of foul trouble. And again, that is a big if because he's lost in three out of the last four games. He's lost a ton of minutes to foul trouble. One of those games against Minnesota was also a blowout, but he's in foul trouble in that one as well. So three out of his last four games being in foul trouble. Uh, now you have to face... Um, potentially Lamarcus Aldridge for a good amount of this one. It's it's a little bit scary, but he's the guy I go to the most there. Rui Hachimaria, his his overall minutes are down, so my upside and interest in him is not there. I think Isaiah Thomas is properly priced for the matchup and just in general for his, what he's doing, about 28, 30 minutes per game if you're lucky. I don't think there's too much upside. So it's really just Thomas Bryant from Washington, and he's probably my favorite play in the entire game because everybody's just priced properly, if not overpriced, even though it's the best game on the slate. DraftKings was pretty preemptive in making sure that it was hard to get to with any sort of volume. Uh, just standing out some other spots, Milwaukee, again, I, I discussed they were an 11-point favorite, 121.75 team total today. That's pretty good. Uh, 235.5, that's really good, actually. 235.5 game total. Giannis is the play here. He's $11,300. He's priced below his median projection, in my opinion. Giannis is going to grade out for about 60 fantasy points for me today. And at that point, he should be $12,000, in my opinion. And if this game stays somewhat close and he doesn't get pulled in the, third, in the fourth quarter like he did last time, well, then you're going to get a really nice pace environment, a 109.3 projected pace is the highest on the slate by this one by a decent amount, two and a half. So a really nice pace environment against a bad defense in Atlanta, against a beat up backcourt where, where he's going to have to potentially face, if there's no Jabari today, Vince Carter, um, DeAndre Hunter to an extent, 
Alex Len and Damian Jones. Yeah, Giannis is going to do whatever he wants. He can honestly score 60 points in two and a half, three quarters. I would like him to somehow get all four quarters in in this one because there's real upside for Giannis to have an 80 plus point day. He is the priority on the slate for me. Um, he is the only player in this slate, I believe, today that can. I mean, outside of maybe James Harden, but Harden is more expensive and Harden also has more, you can say, quote unquote, mouths to feed and not as great of a matchup as you're going to get for Giannis in this one. Um, But I think he's the only one who has the 80 to 85 point upside in this slate. Uh, I think Harden always has that in his back pocket. I mean, the guy can score 80 real life points, believe it or not, even with Russell Westbrook on his side. But due to Westbrook and just the way Compel has been playing lately. I'm definitely giving the edge, and I think the highest ceiling on the slate is a better way to say it, is Giannis Antetokounmpo today. Yeah, he he is just, it, the matchup doesn't get better. Um, the only concern you have is, does he only play three quarters? And if you if he's only playing three quarters, I think the worst score he probably puts up for you is like 60 fantasy points. So he is the priority. Also on this team, you have um, the best game of his season so far in Brooke Lopez coming in, and he didn't even do it on three-pointers. Like, he shot one of five from three. He was picking up five more blocks, back-to-back games of five-plus blocks, picked up a steal on that one, or two steals, so he had seven stocks, so 14 of his fantasy points came from just that department alone, and now, again, he gets to go up against Damian Lee, in my opinion, a G-leaguer who struggles very mightily with foul trouble. Damian Lee this season has fouled out of a game in 18 and 17 minutes, so there you go. That's pretty bad. Now you have to go up against this freakish, athletic, and just versatile center who can step back and hit a three on you, or he can just back you down because he's just massive uh, in Brook Lopez. There's going to be issues with Damian Jones, in my opinion, today for foul trouble, which means more free throw attempts for Brook Lopez, which is just a little bit of a bump for him. Uh, and at that price point, it's come up to 5,900. I think there's better center options since he's only center eligible. But I still do think he's in play. Um, and then Eric Bledsoe, price, price tag comes down. He's averaging 1.1 or at 1.21 fantasy points per minute with no Brogdon on the court and um, no Middleton on the court since the start of January. That's why I include Brogdon because the start of January was last year as well. 1.21, he's averaging a 26.4% usage rate. Uh, it's really good. Those are great numbers. Now his price is coming down. He continues to just be low owned. Uh, and if he continues to be low owned again, like the last couple of nights, he's burned me a little bit, even though I'm getting him at three or 4% owned. The upside on this guy is 50 plus fantasy points. Now the issue is if you, if you have Giannis in your lineup, it's probably rare that you get a Giannis 75, 80 point game and a Bledsoe 40 plus game, right? So it, it kind of gets to the point where, and the game doesn't just blow out in three quarters. So it's really tough to see them both going off with it staying close enough for them to potentially be in it and if you do get to a Bledsoe and Giannis lineup you probably want to have either Jabari if he plays or uh, Trey Young on the other side because if those two are going off and they somehow stay in the game they both hit massive ceilings it probably means that Trey and or Jabari are going up going off on the other side so that's really the only time I would ever correlate lineups in the NBA you don't have to but in that mindset you should probably be doing that in fantasy crunch or whatever um, lineup ability you use if you want to try and get some sort of um, correlation like that but yeah Giannis is the priority in lineups where I don't get to Giannis I probably will get to a good amount of blood so because if I'm hedging against Giannis going for 80 and Giannis only goes for say 50 in this game uh, in terms of fantasy points well then maybe blood so ends up going for 48 50 and it kind of silences a little bit of what Giannis can do due to blood so just scoring more maybe he's a little bit more productive from three uh, whatever it might be then it, you get the upside of, of blood so going off it, it seems very rare that in this game today you're not going to have Giannis and or blood so I'm um, hitting some sort of a high median to ceiling type of a game those are the two games that stand out the most again you can look at the target offense sheet over my shoulder if you're listening on the podcast everything i was just talking about i have defense versus position updated as of this morning with the team totals with the pace uh, the times they play obviously their opponents all of that you can get over on Patreon, or you can just click on the YouTube video if you're listening on the podcast. Takes a couple of seconds. Go to Salvatry YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, and of course the like button, and just take a screenshot. I think it's like what Command Shift Four. You can take a screenshot of the screen. Um, check that out if you're interested. But we're going to get to the early interest due to the fact that there's just a ton of games in the slate. 
So my early interest so far today, and this is not just my only pool. Again, it's 5.53 a.m. East Coast time, and there are 21 players on this list, but it is literally 13 hours until lock, so this list is going to change. There's going to be with 22 teams playing today, a lot of injuries, some that we can expect to come based on the ones that I discussed earlier, and some that we can't. So again, do not just watch my video at 5 o'clock p.m. tonight or, or noon on your lunch break and say, oh, well, this is my lineup. I'm not going to look at it again. No, and then come back tomorrow and say, oh, Sal, I lost. What's wrong with your picks? No, um, here's the thing. These are not picks. These are early interests. I have projections and updated player pools over on Patreon. If you are, if you do want to know where my head is lying around 7 p.m. tonight, well, then there you go, and it will be updated up until lock. So, um, yeah, it's it's not something that this is a a brief on the slate. It is okay. Who's in good spots? Who? What are the injuries I have to watch out for? And if certain things don't happen based on injuries, who should I be going to? That's what this video is. I can't make a video for you at 7 p.m. and upload it, of course, because I think like three people would see it, and then it would be pointless. Live streaming though will be coming soon once the NFL season is into the playoffs, and it's not as demanding of a workload. I will be live streaming here and there some of these NBA slates over on the YouTube channel. So if people have been wondering, there you go. So Giannis at 11-2 is the priority for me on this slate. Uh, it's just somebody that I want to get to, 12 th- or 20,500 over on Fantasy Draft. Uh, again, the matchup is fantastic. There's not a single player really in the league that can probably stop Giannis outside of maybe um, Kawhi and or Al Horford to an extent. But even then, I'm a little bit skeptical of the Al Horford. Kawhi, though, held his own against Giannis in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Um, but you have the hot, fastest pace game in the slate, uh, the highest team total against the team. Well, also, he's averaging 63 fantasy points per game, and he's priced at 11,200, just uh, completely underpriced here. And now you get him against Damian Jones, Alex Lynn, and potentially no Jabari Parker, even if he's in there. I mean, he's been playing a little bit better defense, but he's no elite defender. He's never been known for that. Uh, so, and Vince Carter. So, yeah, nothing here is scaring me. The blowout, if it happens, you probably still get Giannis scoring 60 points, which would be um, doing very well at an $11,200 price tag. Uh, and then you have the upside if this game somehow stays close of Giannis playing all four quarters, 33 minutes, and probably scoring 70-plus fantasy points. Joel Embiid at $10,000. He's not really much of a priority, um, but the Knicks right now, I think they rank 18th in points in the paint. He just has a good matchup here overall. Like Taj Gibson is already the confirmed starter at center. Then you'll get some sort of mixture of Bobby Portis and Mitchell Robinson coming off the bench there. Uh, Joel Embiid is just a guy who I think is probably underpriced here by three, four, five hundred dollars $500. It's just not a priority because I do want to get to Giannis. And then there's this next guy, Carl Anthony Towns at 9600 just came off of a 63-point game against Utah and Rudy Gobert. In his career, he's had a lot of matchups because of where he plays. Um, a lot of matchups against Rudy Gobert in his career, and he's, he's held his own in the far majority of them. 29.3% usage rate, 32.8 minutes per game is really good. Pascal Siakam continues to play huge minutes. Him and Fred Van Vliet did not play a ton of minutes in the last game because it just blew out. They didn't have to. But Siakam played 20 first half minutes. He was going to play another 40-plus. Gets a tougher matchup against Orlando for sure here, but at 8,800, you're going to tell me that I get a guy who has a 29.3% usage rate, going to play 40 minutes. Uh, that's really hard to pass up at 8,800. That is the... In my opinion, he's going to project for me around 48 um, to... Uh, it's going to project around 48 to 50 fantasy points, and he's 8,800. He's going to be one of the better values on the slate for me. Russell Westbrook coming off of a triple-double 60-plus point game, I think 68 points at 8,600 on DraftKings, 16,300 16, on Fantasy Draft. I think he's still too cheap. I prefer Pascal Siakam here. You're going to get the bigger ceiling games out of Russell Westbrook. They're just going to come than Siakam. They're just going to come way more infrequently because of James Harden on his team. Capella have been playing fantastic, whereas Siakam's going to consistently probably get you as long as he plays the full game, and I get it, this one's a tougher matchup, but he's going to consistently get you somewhere between 45 and 55. Um, Paul George, so maybe Siakam, I think I like him in both formats, but he's definitely the better cash play, I would say, uh, just due to that consistency, whereas Russell Westbrook can go out tonight and score 34 if it's the night that Harden decides to score 45 real-life points. 
Paul George at 7,800, I like a lot more, obviously, if Kawhi is not playing. He still seems too cheap. The defensive matchup against him is really tough. Uh, but in the last game, I think he played 30 minutes or 29 minutes. So it seems like this minutes limit is slowly going away. He's a guy who was playing 36 minutes like throughout the year last year, 38 at times with the Thunder. So you probably get him really quickly back to a 34, 35 minutes. Maybe not tonight, but I would say in a week or two. I think he's okay. Definitely fine if you get no Kawhi Leonard. Jimmy Butler at 7,700 still seems too cheap against Cleveland, who has one of the worst defensive ratings again. Last year, historically bad. This year, still bad. Um, you're going to get no Justice Winslow, still no Deion Waiters. So all the usage in the world goes to Jimmy Butler here. The price tag still feels too cheap. But on this slate, it's really hard, hard to prioritize him in the 7K range when we're about to get the three guys below him, who, in my opinion, are $1,000 under cheap, each of them. Uh, maybe one of them is not, but they're all too cheap. Whereas Jimmy Butler, I think, is appropriately priced. One of those guys is Fred Van Vliet, who, again, did not play a ton of minutes in the last game. Why, you say? Well, he played 31 minutes, and he didn't step on the court in the fourth quarter. So he's going to play another 40 minutes, if not 41 minutes in that game, if not 42 minutes in that game. But it was a massive blowout. Now he's going to get a matchup against Orlando, where, honestly, the matchup for him against Orlando is much better than his teammate Siakam. He's a point guard going to play 40 minutes with a 24% usage rate. And a 30-plus percent assist percentage since Kyle Lowry has been out, and he's 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 only $7,400, $14,400 on a fantasy draft. I like that a lot. Kevin Love at $7,400. It's just going to be a spot where if he's highly owned, I might not get to it because he does have one of the more brutal, if not the most brutal matchup in the league against Miami down low against Bam. But once again, this guy is a 32.6% rebounding rate with Tristan Thompson on the court. So... Tristan Thompson is out. There's upside there. I honestly just like the guards around him more. I like Fred Van Vliet more. I like this next guy a lot more. Spencer Dimity at 7,200. No Kyrie Irving. Still no Karis LeVert. He's a point guard with a 36 point, um, or 38.6% usage rate with no Kyrie and LeVert on the floor and a 41.3% assist percentage. He's doing everything that means. That literally means he's either scoring, he's either rebounding, or he's either assisting. He's literally getting fantasy points every time down the court. He's going to probably play 34 minutes in this one. Uh, really hard not to like Spencer Dimity in a very positive matchup against Charlotte. Now, their guards have been playing better. I mean, Terry Rozier is a fine defender. Uh, Devonta Graham has taken over in the starting rotation, which has helped them on the offensive side a little bit more. But it's still a fantastic spot for Dinwiddie, who's probably still $1,000 too cheap. Eric Bledsoe at 7,100, I have been yellow, and I just wanted to make sure I pointed out, which I already did, that if I already have Giannis, I probably don't get to as much Bledsoe. If I don't have Giannis, I'd be more inclined to get to Bledsoe. At the same price point of Spencer Dimity, he's going to be the ultimate leverage play in tournaments. Um, just because Dimity's $100 more, and even Fred Van Vliet's $300 more, they're going to be higher owned, and Dimity's going to be one of the highest owned players, I think, still in the slate, even though his price came up like $1,200. But that's going to leave Eric Bledsoe at like 5% ownership. So it's a nice pivot spot, in my opinion. Blake Griffin, $7,100 is also another reason you probably don't get a lot of Eric Bledsoe ownership is because Griffin is, is just way too cheap. He played 30 minutes in the last game. Now he gets a bottom two in terms of points in the paint allowed. Chicago and, and defensive rebounding opportunities, they give up the third highest in the league. So we're top three in the league. So yeah, it's a really good spot for Blake Griffin at 7,100. Uh, obviously, he's only power forward eligible, unfortunately, but he really isn't a small forward. So he should be only power forward eligible. Tobias Harris at 6,200, I think is okay. Just really tough to get to Tobias on this slate, but he's a guy who continues to pick up steals and blocks and rebounds and, and everything, really. He plays about six to eight minutes a game with no Joel Embiid on the court, so it does help his overall upside. And when you can get it from rebounding, his rebounding rate is not taking a huge hit because he gets a lot of uh, playing time at the four when you get no Joel Embiid on the court, as opposed to Al Horford, who's only playing pretty much right next to Joel Embiid and has just no rebounding upside so far this season. Thomas Bryant at 6,200. Uh, voice my concerns about the potential foul trouble here for him, but I think he's the best play in that Washington-San Antonio game. Terry Rozier at $6,000 against Brooklyn. Look, Brooklyn is giving up. Well, they, they really can't defend a three-point line, and they're just giving up. And Terry Rozier is, for the most part, just a guy who's going to drive and finish at the um 
and finish at the rim and then he's also just going to take three pointers which is the best thing you should do you should be driving you should be taking three pointers in today's nba there's no reason to take mid-range jump shots anymore either driving obviously the way that they're calling fouls you get to the foul line or you make the, the damn layup or you just hit um shoot pull up from three and obviously there's higher upside in a three-pointer than a long mid-range shot because what if you didn't know you get one more point from shooting the three-pointers and shooting stepping one foot in front and only getting two way higher percentage in the overall outcomes and the expected value there. So Terry Rozier at 6,000. Even Devontae Graham, I don't have him on here, but 67 is a fine play. Draymond Green's price point comes down for point Draymond Green. He's not point forward, small forward eligible, or power, or point guard, small forward eligible. Um, he is a guy that Look, last night he scores 40-plus fantasy points. His price comes down $200. In a decent matchup against Dallas, Porzingis is fine in terms of on defense. Really good, actually, but I'm not really worried about Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber. Draymond, once again, is probably going to be highly owned. He's just so easy to fit into your lineups. As a Draymond point guard who is going to be small forward eligible, it makes your lineups that much better. Robert Covington with no Jake Lehman, I think, is a very nice play at 5,700. Um, small forward eligible is going to play about 32 to 34 minutes at power forward or maybe even more with no um, doubtful Jake Lehman today. Jared Allen I have in yellow. He's not a priority for me, but again, Charlotte's a really nice spot. Charlotte's just giving up the most points in the paint. Jared Allen is... Um, a center who I believe still has power forward eligibility at 5,300 on DraftKings, 10-4 on Fantasy Draft. Alec Burks had a really nice game last night. He was posting players up. He was hitting threes. He's 5,200. The price tag only comes up, I think, $200. He's shooting guard eligible. He's going to play another 30-plus minutes. Um, maybe last night was the night that you had to get on him, but I think the price point is still fine because the slate's pricing came out before that game even started and ended last night. P.J. Washington at 4,700 um, against Brooklyn. Look, it's a nice spot against Brooklyn overall. And Washington's at least taking a lot of three-pointers and making a good amount of them for a power forward slash center. So he, this is a spot where Brooklyn, we saw it against Sabonis, who's a much better player than P.J. Washington, of course. But Sabonis was just wide open because DeAndre Jordan is not going to cover any power forward or center shooting a three, and neither is Jared Allen. So you just get wide open attempts or just nicer mid-range and three-point attempts. So P.J. Washington, can, he's going to have the open looks today. It's just a matter of knocking them down at 4,700 if you want to bet on his um, accuracy when nobody is guarding him, well, which seems like a nice thing to do for NBA players. It seems like good value. Markel Fultz at 4,400 has seen his minutes come up to 25 and 26 over the last two. No, um, Michael Carter-Williams should make that even higher, maybe 26 to 28 today. At 4,400, a really tough matchup against Toronto, so I'm not prioritizing it, but I think he's okay value. All right, that is it. That is it. I will put the target offense sheet back on the screen behind me. If you're listening on the podcast, please, if you have the time to take a five-star rate and review, go over to Instagram, Sal Vetri, and you can follow me. It's linked up down below in this podcast description and or YouTube video for the YouTube folks as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can screenshot this target offense sheet over my shoulder. If you can follow me on Instagram, again, I will release a couple times a week, one to two times a week, some sort of free content for maybe the whole day, maybe the whole week, maybe just an hour. If you get in there, you see it on the story as well as just normal Instagram content as well. If you want to follow me, Sal Vetri over there. It's linked up down below. Twitter, at Sal Vetri DFS. You can check out my Patreon-exclusive content linked up down below in the description. Patreon-exclusive content is going to include NBA projections and player pools every single day. I'll update it up until lock, as well as my NFL. I mean, I have NFL live stream, two podcasts a week on the NFL, one on ownership, Sunday closing thoughts, tell you exactly where I'm doing with the slate. And then just some other stuff throughout the week, projections, um, game-by-game notes. I'm working on those. They're about 15 to 18 pages a week for the NFL of just every single game and every player that I think is viable, breaking them down, why or why not. I like them. Uh, it's just a lot of stuff, about 25 to 30 hours a week just for NFL content on Patreon alone, um, and about 10 to 15 hours over here on YouTube. So if you do like my content over here that is free, uh, you want to support me over on Patreon, or you actually just want the content because you think it's valuable, you can do that click the, uh, just by clicking the link down below and learning more about that. And then clicking the link also to Fantasy Draft if you do want to play on a site that is rake-free and you just win more when you win and you lose less when you lose. It's 
clearly, obviously, they're a win-win compared to some of these other sites in terms of increasing your bankroll via not losing as much rake. And at the very least, you can obviously still play on DraftKings and FanDuel, but at the very least, just incorporating Fantasy Draft into your process is probably going to make you a more positive expected value, positive EV player. So thank you so much. My name is Sal Vetri. Be, be sure to hit that subscribe button before you leave and five-star rate and review on the podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.